0: Welcome to Secret Lives of Expanders. This is where we get to meet and learn from those who have done things outside the box. The idea is to introduce you to entrepreneurs, creators, and healers who have done really wild things. This episode is personal. Super close to my heart because I interview one of Elevate members, and not just any member— but one that has had an incredible story of massive growth. Now, how this growth has come about is going to shock you because she went to jail. I'm not going to spoil this part of her journey for you here in the introduction. I just want to encourage you to listen in and stay open. Additionally, if this inspires you at all, reach out to me about joining Elevate Club, or you can go directly to www.elevate.me, and that is E-L-I-V-A-T-E. As always, enjoy this episode, subscribe, connect, and let me know what you think. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Secret Lives of Expanders. Today, I am super excited because I have an accidental expander here, Dr. Jodi Green, and she happens to be one of my dear friends. And I couldn't wait to bring her on uh, one of these episodes because she has an incredible story of transformation one that I guarantee you have not heard anywhere it'd be very rare if you'd heard that um, but once you hear the story and what she's gone through and what she's made out of what she's gone through um, you are going to be blown away and you're gonna love her she's got a book coming out I we think it's gonna be called purple and prison that in itself should tell you how juicy this episode's gonna be. And she's got some really cool things in the works. And I'm just super excited um, to have you here, Jody. Thank you for giving me your time. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yes. Okay, so um, where do we begin? Do we start with what life was prior to this experience that you had that nobody knows about yet, at least listeners to this podcast? You want to give us a synopsis?
1: Yeah. I felt like I was, what do you, I don't want to like undersell myself, but I feel like I was just a normal kind of boring girl. Mm-hmm. I had my profession, I had a path and now it's like, I, I am like Jodi 2.0 yeah. like this year. So yeah.
0: Okay. So let me just tell you, Jody. first of all, you were not a normal boring girl. What you, because I know you prior to this event, which we're going to talk about. And I know you now prior to the event, it may have felt like you were normal, boring, but there was nothing normal or boring about you. I remember when you first, when we first connected, you messaged me and you were like, I'm not sure why I'm reaching out to you uh, about your mastermind or your club or whatever, but I feel like I should do it. Not normal, not, not boring. Then when I met you this is where it got interesting you I, I knew you as the person who was always seeking more like you just always knew there was more to life that you wanted to squeeze and that that is the element and I think that's really key so I want to clarify not normal not boring and now you're not Jody 2.0 you're Jody 10.0 yeah, yeah. <laughs> had a massive quantum leap Yeah. Tell me about that. So
1: I, it's funny because the more I write lately, um, the more it's kind of like, you don't realize how deep your roots are. Um, into a certain passion until you hit a milestone. So like looking back, my mom was actually really big into mindset and all the Tony Robbins and like different guru books of of that. And I think that's where I always had that drive to like seek that because I knew people people that focused on that were up here. And I always wanted to be up here. I just didn't know how to. So I remember being drawn to like elevate in different things with topics. And I was like, okay, if I can find someone that I resonate with, because I'm really, really big in energy, anytime that I've ever gone through anything, whether it be like an exam with school or opening up a new business, it always comes back to like, what type of energy are you around? Do you like the feeling that it's giving you? Is it attractive energy um, or is it not? And I just remember there was a time I was like, I'm getting burnt out in what I was doing. And I was like, I'm way too young to be burnt out. I should not be feeling like this burnt out and uh, for lack of better terms, like bored, And so it was like, okay, I need to find that new niche. I need to find something. And then my whole, gosh, it'll be almost a year um, has changed in the past year, my whole life.
0: Wow. Yeah. And I, and that's exactly how I remember you prior. And it's funny to talk about like before the event and after the event, but it's such a it was such an identity shift for you at the same time. It was along the same path. Like you had been seeking, I want more. And you're saying now you're saying, even in your childhood, there were things that kind of put you on that path. I don't identify anymore. I don't remember the the Jodi prior to the event. I remember I know the Jody now. It's it's almost like she doesn't exist anymore. That version of you yeah. doesn't exist anymore.
1: No, not at all. I like even even the things when I look back, there are pieces of, of even in my childhood and everything where I'd be like, my mom would try to warn me about, okay, well, you're going to have student loans or you're going to have like a mortgage someday and like warning me of the adulthood. Mm -hmm. And I just wasn't ever worried about it. I just knew it was like, before I even knew about quantum leap, I knew I was going to be there. Mm -hmm. And now I feel like I manifested an experience so that I could have a story to be able to relate to people Mm. and be an example of how transformation Mm. doesn't have to be traumatic. Mm. It can actually be completely beautiful and transformative in a way that you can actually help others instead of being like anchored down by something.
0: Totally. Yeah. And I, and I, I love that you say that it doesn't have to be traumatic. Oftentimes it is, but it doesn't have to be. If you can mm-hmm. figure out the mechanics of what happens in a traumatic experience and then put them to use, you can just apply that to anything. And I also loved what you said about energy. You kind of said it in passing, but it's, there's so much wisdom into that too, is. Having faith and knowing that that desire, you've always wanted to kind of take a a, a very unique path and you weren't worried about how it was going to come through, which we're going to talk about the how it came through, it happened to come through, but that's a beautiful thing. And you've, you've, you've made it into that. So, um, was it last year? Yeah. May 18th. It was May 18th. Wait, May 18th of 2022. Too. Okay, that is wild. That's that went by so quick. I feel like you've lived through so many different versions of yourself since then.
1: Yeah. So, and it's funny because last January, uh, I went to a retreat, and and I literally felt like I was on an uphill like climb, like a a beautiful transformation. And then I felt like I was like, oh, okay. I'm kind of at the peak of it. Yeah. And then boom, May 18th happened. And then I went like to a different continent.
0: <laughs> Literally. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, let's, um, let's talk about that. I will, I just want to plant the seed because I think this is part of it, part of the story and part of the lesson here. The seed I want to plant is that you were always seeking, you always wanted transformation. You always wanted to blow up. Like your desire was to blow up in business. Your desire was to blow up in the path that you were taking. So that is crucial in how you, in, in what happens next. So what happened May 18th? Like tell us, start from the top of the story. So uh, my husband and I were getting
1: ready to go out of the country essentially for the first time. So doing all the things, getting the passport, everything, we got previously pre-checked for TSA because we had never flown with our TSA pre-check. Well, I was crazy and lost our passports the night on May 17th. Couldn't find them, thought we weren't going to be able to leave on this trip. Remembered at like 1130 at night that, oh, we just got pre-checked. Okay. So I live in Alabama where my husband is from, and here their lifestyle is just completely different than where I'm from in Michigan. And I would probably say nine out of 10 men, especially even at grocery stores or wherever you are, they carry pistols with them. So when they do that, we're like, okay, we're going to a foreign country. We've heard all of these horror stories about how unsafe it is. So we do everything that we as Americans were told to do. We, we check with TSA. We check with our airlines. We even check when we get to the airport, we get a double lockbox, all these things to protect ourselves. And when we show up to Mexico, I go to prison because I got charged with bringing a pistol into a foreign country so my book is not only about mindset it's also to share an experience because this is also happening to americans left and right and it's like there's no reason for it to happen like i we my husband and i did everything that the u.s told us was the right thing to do you bring a double lock box you can put a pistol in it i've never even shot a pistol I didn't even know the combination to the lockbox, but because I booked our
0: airline tickets, bam, I went to prison. So tell me about what that was like. What was it like being in prison?
1: So it was, I've, I've never, knocked on wood, I've never even had a speeding ticket. Like I've never, I am like the most innocent person you could probably pick. And I knew the second that the, things were starting to turn and we found out it was me, I knew I only had one choice, which was that everything was out of my control and I, I had to surrender. But I knew, I was like, all I am in control of is how I respond to what is going to happen to me. I don't know what's going to happen to me. I don't know how it's going to happen, what time frame I'm on, but I'm in control of how I respond. Mm-hmm. And so from that moment forward, I instantly started getting my energy as calm and as strong as I could, because I had no idea how long or any time frame of what was going to happen, but I could conserve my energy and I could prepare myself. Mm-hmm. So I go to Orange is the New Black because I'm not big into prison shells. And I'm like, well, I've seen Orange is the New Black. Mm-hmm. So instantly I'm preparing myself. Okay. If I'm in handcuffs, what, how am I going to respond? What's it going to feel like? If I'm eating around people, what am I going to do? What's it going to feel like? I was mentally already three, four steps ahead mm-hmm. of where physically I was at.
0: Mm-hmm. So when you're having these thoughts, I'm curious, like you're thinking in a in a bit, I might be sitting down with people because it hasn't happened yet. You're kind of future pacing it. Right. So two questions that come to mind I'm curious about. One is uh was it how you imagined it? And two, I guess that's a second question. The first question is uh I guess yeah, I guess that's that's a more provocative question. Like so so was it how you pictured it and did it help?
1: It it definitely helped because I knew no matter what I was like okay you're going to a a prison, like they're going to put handcuffs on you. So I, I wasn't prepared for that. I wasn't prepared for anything essentially, but it did because even if I was mentally preparing for it, if it was better or worse, I already was preparing myself to be uncomfortable. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then it was, it was actually not as bad to some degrees that I expected. What I expected to be bad over here, it wasn't. It was like completely different. Like I thought I would have a cot or a bed. I slept on the ground. I slept on concrete. Like luckily my husband, he brought a English to Spanish dictionary and it was about this big and that was my pillow. Uh. And so the little things that were bad were like I, I couldn't prepare myself because I had no idea that that would be bad.
0: Okay. But the things that you were able to future pace, like they made you comfortable with the discomfort. So even if they weren't the same, you still were like, okay, I've seen this. I've lived this in my mental perspective. Like I've lived it in my mind's eye. So it, it didn't seem as bad. Right. Okay. right. okay. And then what happened? What, what goes on in, in Mexican prison, women's prison?
1: Oh boy. Um, well, I created my own, uh, my own routine. So that is like, that is what I feel like my biggest mindset shift of any situation. You can create your own routine. So I didn't know physically if I was going to be like, if I was going to have a job or if they were going to assign me to do something. And so within a certain like walls where I was essentially stuck, I created my own routine and that's what made it so transformative in a positive way. If I would have gone in with a completely different attitude of what I was going to do every day, I could have had a miserable experience and it wasn't fun, but I knew that I had to create the best experience in my mind that I could. Okay.
0: And, um, how did you do that? What was your routine? So
1: my routine, my first week... So every day I thought that I was going to get out. It was like...
0: Actually, sorry to interrupt, but I wanted to point out, you had no idea what's going to happen. Like you're going to get out in a day, you're going to get out in a year. Like you didn't know. Did you have yeah. any perception of what this might look like? Did anybody I'm, was like, oh, it's going to be four to six months or... Uh, I knew there was a time frame.
1: Like my my second to third day was when I had my Zoom uh, like court hearing, essentially, and there was a translator, and I don't know no Spanish, by the way, um, and so I just knew numbers, and I kept hearing four, four years. So I knew something with four years, but I didn't know what, and then. I knew they had set another Zoom call for June twenty eighth. It was okay. something. It was something like that. So I knew. Okay, that's over a month. Yeah. So I knew something with okay. that time frame. But then we would have lawyers come and talk to my husband, and they would say, "Oh, well, no, your court case or your case is like almost done. It's like eighty percent done." he oh. would keep writing me letters, and he'd be like they said you're this percentage of done. And then it would be like two or three more days Mm -hmm. and two or three more days. So a lot of times people will even ask me, well, why didn't you learn Spanish? Or why didn't you do this? Because every day I thought, oh, only two or three more days. Mm -hmm. So let's just get through two or three more days. So then when it was like week two, going into week three, I was like, okay, there's got to be some consistency. So I would wake up, I would go to the same people. I would go in this kitchen area. Then it was like, okay, you're supposed to clean. You do your chores. Then it was like, okay, I get on a call list. So my biggest thing was like, okay, I need to communicate with Dusty. It was like every day I had a plan. So every every 20, 30 minutes, I had something that I was moving or going to do.
0: Okay. And what about the routines that, like, I remember you shared some of the things, like, you wrote things on your arm, or like you would go through the mental exercises in your brain because just to be able to cope, right? I just find it so fascinating. I can't say who I might bring him onto the show. I just talked to, which is so random. Like, how do you know two people who've gone to Mexican jail? <laughs> Um, one other person who told me this whole story and the thing that stands, there's so many commonalities. You guys went through, um, different prisons. Like he's a dude, you went to the ones for completely different reasons. He had a completely different experience, but both of you went to the mind because there's nothing else that you have, like while you're in prison. So he also had similar things, like in terms of preparing his mind and, tapping into his faith and things like that. So I'm curious, what was what were the mindset routines that you did to just be able to cope? So
1: if so the best thing I got was a notebook. My husband brought in a notebook and it was I was writing so much I would go through a pen a day. Mm-hmm. I would literally write and get out of the ink. And it was so funny because there was times where I could feel what I call like old Jody habits coming coming through. And I'd be like, you that's not who you are in here. Like you you can't be her. She doesn't exist anymore. You're this is new Jody. So what does new Jody have to experience? She has to experience routine, because that can because I could depend on that. Mm-hmm. So go down and I would write down words that I wanted to experience for the day. Mm-hmm. I knew I couldn't literally experience uh comfort, for example, because I didn't have a bed or or actual luxurious things, but I could have comfort in knowing, okay, you're safe, no one's gonna hurt you. All you have to do is essentially sit here with yourself.
0: Okay. Did you feel safe?
1: Um after after I was in my cell, I had my routine and I made what like so called friends, I did. At the end of it, I did. Exactly.
0: Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So that is so profound, Jody. because you're like this, the, the, you know, we talk in, in, Elevate about this too. So you're saying, you're basically saying, if I'm understanding this correctly, it's like, I didn't physically feel comfortable, but that frequency of comfort, you were able to find elsewhere. Like I can feel comfort in the fact of knowing Dusty loves me and he's outside of the jail, jail, right? Like yeah. it's the same, that comfort is the same as is that what it was?
1: Yeah. And I would. So one of the things I would always write down was um, expect miracles. Mm-hmm. And and I always wrote down calm because I knew if I stayed calm, my day and my energy was going to be a lot more consistent. And so that was one thing I knew I needed to protect because there was no point like hysterically crying every day was not going to get me any further. It was not going to make my life or my situation better. So I knew to focus on and hold on words. Mm -hmm. And then there was days where like, I would call Dusty and I could tell his vibration and his energy was getting depleted. Mm -hmm. It was like, he was working hard for us. He was trying to get me out, but I could feel he needed my energy. And so I would talk to my brain, just like a muscle, like a bicep. And I'd be like, okay, you've got to be stronger today. You've got to carry more of this, this weight and the energy. Then there would be days where I would, I would call him and I'd be like, I'm really weak today. I'm I'm not replenishing my energy well. Mm-hmm. So we would, he would give me more of his energy and hone in on me and giving me the positive insights that I needed.
0: Mm-hmm. What a beautiful exchange. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious how you took I we I am like so fascinated by this and I know we've talked about some elements of it. I'm still learning more about what you experienced. We could talk for hours about what you experienced, but more so, what did you what were the things that I know you've mentioned some of these things, so it could be these things that we just talked about, but how does how does how did this all of this become practical in real life? How did you start to once you got back and I know maybe mention like how many days you were in there and how that all went and then how how does that become a practical experience and what you have uh, started uh, now yeah. you know? so
1: I was in there for a total of 28 days and then the craziest part was is they gave me a time limit of I had to be out of the country in five days but I didn't get my passport until The day before we left. So it's kind of like we're scrounging around. We're trying to get airlines and all this stuff figured out and I still have no passport. So then finally, um, it was like essentially uh, the 19th. So it was a full month. We were gone and we finally flew back. Mm. And what I hone in on now still is that even on a bad day at home or a good day, The most, the way that I function the best is dependability and routines. So, for example, even if I was in prison or if I'm home to create the same routine. So, when I show up to work, I write down what I want to experience. I focus on that. And the more I do that, the more everything else around me has literally just kept climbing and growing. Yeah. And so, like, for example, even my, my husband, while he was there, came up with a apparel line idea. Mm. And we were like, okay, well, we don't know anything about making clothes or printing shirts or anything like that. And the more we focus on what we want to keep experiencing, the more everything has just fallen into place.
0: That is so cool. So essentially, you're saying what helped you keep your... Sanity, your safety, all of those things in prison are now the things that you have in your life on daily basis. And maybe not all the routines, but some of those routines that are, that are now helping you thrive. Like it's it's the yeah. same things you're doing for different reasons, but that's what prison taught you.
1: Mm-hmm. And it also taught me that no matter where you are. So I have what's called the purple principles, and that's what I'm. I'm really focusing on sharing to everybody and how this whole experience can be laid out because no matter where you physically are, if you figure out your purpose, you can function in a situation or in a society or a community because I found my niche and my purpose while I was there Mm. and I knew that what I wanted to take away because I knew I wanted to level up in my life. I knew I didn't want this to bring me down. So when I figured out my purpose and my passion while I was there, I knew that I just had to keep learning and adapting to basically become the strongest I could. So now I can apply them out here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. And I can't wait for Purple in prison to be out and everybody to watch all the principles and follow you and, and, uh, and learn more on that. I want to share with you my what went on on my end <laughs> while you were purple and prisoning <laughs> and I've shared this with you and with other people inside of Elevate but I just I remember when I first found out without going over the details of it like you were I don't know if we mentioned this but you were coming to a retreat in in Tulum that I had put together so there was a sense of obviously like responsibility, like, Oh my gosh, like Jody, it you wouldn't have come to Tulum if it wasn't for the retreat that I had put together. But, um, I will say this, there, there, there were a lot of emotions that I experienced. It was like the sense of responsibility, the, the complete sadness for what you were experiencing. It was obviously like horrifying. I'd go back and forth with dusty on the phone and, um, but it was conflicting uh in in some ways because in, in one hand, I was experiencing all these negative emotions, right? For what you were experiencing and like how I was responsible for it. On the other hand, there was this sense of uh, I get emotional even thinking about it, but there was this sense of um comfort, like uh maybe that's not the right word. It was like this sense of this knowing that what you experienced was exactly what you were supposed to experience. I told somebody before we left, I was like, out of everybody, no, no offense to everybody who came to the, to the retreat, everybody obviously expanded their lives and did all the great things. But before we went on, I was like, if I were to pick and bet on somebody who's going to have massive life shift, if I was going to pick one person, it would be Jody because I'd always heard you talk about the direction you wanted to go, and I knew your drive and your ambition. And again, everybody else had that. Uh, but there was something in there that, that this, this knowing, and I remember I talked to my friend Lonnie as I was going through it, and she helped me clarify. She goes, she, she was one of the people who told me that. And, and I thought about it too, that you were having the exact experience that you were meant to have in order to quantum leap in the direction that you had all the desires to experience, to, for the life that you wanted to experience. Like, because the life you're about to experience, Jodi is so, so big and so juicy. The elevate retreat wasn't going to do it. No other like retreat or experience was going to do it. It was going to have to happen in the way that it did.
1: Yeah, and and a hundred thousand percent. And I there I get questioned a lot, like were you mad at Dusty or were were you upset? Or I never once ever felt upset. I literally felt blessed and thanked God every day that it was me that I was in there because one I knew and I could even at each day that had passed, I knew they would have killed Dusty. He was an American man in a Mexican prison. Like they they would have killed him. They had over 2000 men on the other side and they had fight club every single day. But I knew my biggest struggle, I was put in my biggest fear, which was being alone with myself. Mm -hmm. And I knew I was like, you can do this. If this is your hardest thing that you have to do is sit still not like, I'm a very productive person. I'm like, let's go, go, go. I'm always have a list of things to do. And I'm like, you, you don't have anything to do. You, all you have to do is be with you and you have to make yourself the best you, because I want, and that was my whole goal. When I met you, I want to ch- change as many lives as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah yeah and I feel like my like I'm just the vessel to be able to do that, and now the story is something that I can expose to people one to be protective when you travel outside the country and two to give them like confidence that like you you can be okay, you don't have to be traumatized by everything,
0: yeah yeah and I think what you did next speaks to how well adapted you were and how this process worked out for you. It didn't happen to you. It worked out for, it happened for you is that you went back to Mexico like a couple of weeks later, I feel like. So um, everybody was, and and nobody knew you went to Mexico. I knew you called me from there. And I was, and I was wondering like, is she ever going to leave the country after having such traumatic experience? But when that happened, I was like, "She's she's she's more than fine. She's she's good to go." So, what I want to know is what's next for Jody. Tell us a, a, a little bit about uh, Purple in Prison and what you have coming up. I know you you're you're about to blow up on social media. You're doing all these speaking things, and your book's about to come out. So, give us give us a summary. Yes. Of so, um, so it's going to
1: be called Purple in Prison. Um, our website for it is going to be launching the beginning of April. Um, and so that'll kind of come soon. And then what Purple in Prison is about is it's about uh, the experience. And then what's coming after that is called the Purple Principles. So that is what I coach about, what I'm going to be speaking about and essentially who i am and why those principles can get you through anything it builds your foundation and sets you up for the rest of what you want to experience
0: i love that and so what is the do you have the uh cuz this episode will probably air after end of april so do you have the link to the website yeah
1: purpleinprison.com <laughs> um or yep, hashtag anything with purple. Um, the purple principles or purple in prison, and then Instagram. I'm dr Jody J with Jody with an I in green like the color.
0: Oh, Beautiful. I highly encourage everybody to, for now at least, go follow. Um, go follow Jody. Um, on Instagram. She has been and will be putting out a lot more on Purple in Prison as she is launching. She'll be speaking. Um, I know there's red carpet stuff coming up. So it's lots of really, really exciting things. So um, connect with her, reach out to her, send her some love. And, uh, and of course, check out her website as well. Thank you so much, Jodi, for spending this time with me and sharing your experience. I know that people are going to take so much wisdom home from this. Yeah, thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode and got some applicable nuggets to quantum leap your life and your practice. Be sure to subscribe to this channel and be the first to know when we release our next guest here on Secret Lives of Chiropractors. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at nona. Javid, D-J-A-V-I-D, to keep up with my not-so-secret life. And um, check out Elevate Club at www.elevate.me. And Elevate is spelled E-L-I-V-A-T-E. We'll see you at the next episode.